This is Premium Times Half Hour every Thursday at 11 a.m. On today's episode, we are examining a key project under former President Muhammad Buhari, which is the Anchor Boras Program. The program was designed by the government to provide farm inputs in kind and cash to smallholder farmers to boost their production of commodities, stabilize impute supply to agro-processors and address the country's negative balance of payment on food. Simply put, to create a new generation of farmers as well as boost employment. By 2022, at least 4.8 million people had benefited from the program. Now, there are discrepancies as to the real amount in which the farmers have repaid back to the government. In a recent report on Nigeria, the International Monetary Fund said only 24% of loans. The Central Bank of Nigeria, on the other hand, disagreed, saying 503 billion naira of loans under the program had been repaid. Meanwhile, the Central Bank of Nigeria said it released 1.079 trillion naira under the program. Now, the crux of the report published by Premium Times is that there's been a default in repayment of the loan. And of course, we're going to spotlight it in this podcast. I'm with um, Premium Times' correspondent, Kabuyo Yusuf, who went on the field to KB State to find out why farmers are yet to pay the loan. And he's here with me to share his findings. I'm Titi Lokwe Fadare, and welcome to Premium Times Half Hour. This is Premium Times Half Hour, every Thursday at 11 a.m. On this podcast show, we discuss important issues and matters of national importance. Premium Times is Nigeria's leading investigative and accountability platform, and we bring this show to you weekly as part of our mandate of providing the information you need to make informed decisions. The show spotlights exclusive reports produced by Premium Times reporters from in-depth investigations and unique analysis to human angle stories. Um, before we delve into today's discussion, I will be sharing some very interesting stories that were published during the week. The first is an editorial titled, West Africa and the Cost of Living Crisis. The report noted that the COVID-19 pandemic had extensive consequences on economies around the world, West Africa and Nigeria inclusive. It asked the new government to implement measures to improve access to credit, especially for economic actors, lower down the ladder, and should administer it in a manner that is transparent and responsive to market signals. The next special report looks into the state of 14 primary health centers in some local government areas in Ogun State. The findings show that the PHCs are hampered by workforce gaps, poor infrastructure, and lack of basic amenities. The situation is particularly worse for women in rural communities who suffer inadequate access to skilled birth attendants during childbirth. Now, it's interesting to note that the Ogun State government reacted to this report. The third special report that will interest you is on how food security is threatened by the activities of the Biafra secessionists in the southeast Nigeria. 
You can read up on this report on our website, www.premiumtimesng.com. We'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll continue the conversation on the Anchor Borrowers program. Stay tuned. News beyond the surface. Investigations that uncover deep secrets. Analysis with thought-provoking perspectives. Reports that focus on human interest. Premium Times, a leading digital news platform, brings you these and more every hour through videos, written and podcast reports. Visit our website on www.premiumtimesng.com and follow us on all social media platforms for timely updates on politics, entertainment, sport and business. Don't miss out. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Premium Times Half Hour brought to you on Premium Times' podcast. I'm Titi Lokpe Fadari. And I'm with Kabir Yusuf, Premier Times' correspondent who covered the report on the Anchor Boras program and the default in repaying back the loans by the farmers. Kabir, welcome to Premium Times' podcast. I believe this should be your first time on this particular podcast. Yes, this is your first time. Yes, this is my first time. Um, you've invited me. I should thank you rather. Thank you so much because what we're talking about today is one report that left me like for every part I read, I'm like, what? I, I'm I'm shocked. I'm laughing. I'm like, what's happening? Do you understand? So um, thank you for honoring my invitation and let's dive into the conversation. So um, the issue is about the crux of this report is about the fact that farmers have defaulted in paying back the loan given by the federal government. And now in your report, they mentioned to me, which I felt like, I, to me, I felt they were justifiable because away from this particular project, we have seen several reports, people have published several reports on the fact that climate change, the effects of climate change is actually, has actually affected um, agricultural productivity. They also mentioned the fact of insecurity in the sense that um, they give, um, they use proceeds, they give farm produce to um, the, the uh, maybe insurgents or bandits, you understand? There's other issues like that. So um, I want to know, was this not, like, was this, were these factors not also put into consideration? Because, I mean, it's beyond their control. It's, there are already systemic issues on ground. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Titi. I mean, um, these issues you mentioned, they are valid, and that's why we included um, all these points as part of our report. But then you need to also understand that um, the Uncle Borrowers program began in 2015, mm -hmm. ended in 2015. And uh, what was the situation like in 2015? I doubt if there is much insecurity in. 2015, especially in northwestern part of the country where I visited places like KB, Sokoto. It was much later, you know, towards the end of the Aguari administration, around 2018, 19, 20, that insecurity began in those places. So those that collected the loan from 2015, 2016, 2017, was their reason for not paying back. Mm. And they've made profit. So the government has records 
of okay yes there is insecurity but then we also have record of production mm. during this period so why are you not able to pay back when you also admit that you've made profit mm. in this production some of you have already paid back so those that defaulted was their own reason so of course some of them will use the issue of insecurity flood and all these disasters yes they happen but then there are also um, time that they were not there okay. and um, people were able to make profit and uh, so you know i i think um, our own is to report okay. reported mm. that this is what the farmers are saying but this is also what government officials and experts mm. who uh, are familiar with the issue these um what they told us all right so let's look at the flip side of the well we'll say reasons or claims for the reason um, the claims as to why um they defaulted in their payments which is the fact that um the government is saying that some of the farmers used the money to marry additional wives um some of them used it to you know travel for hajj which is quite ridiculous but um i want to ask um, while designing the program, did the government not put into consideration monitoring of this particular project? Um, because, I mean, now they are taking their matters to the magistrate court and they are going to every magistrate court they can find to, you know, report these cases. And they are also petitioning police stations. So if they can actually go this length in trying to, you know, recover the monies back, why, 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 why was it that the, um, a system of monitoring was not put in place to ensure that the farmers actually use the money for what the monies are meant for? Yeah, I think um, there was a system of monitoring, but um, what the government wants is just you know to state the guidelines that this these are the guidelines for this project, and if a farmer or a beneficiary has met that guideline and he is qualified to get that loan and he collected the loan and after the farming he made profit the government cannot tell him what to use his money to do you know so this issue is kind of contentious why he, i say that is when i visited kb sokoto i met farmers who just returned from Hajj last late last month they mm -hmm. just returned from Hajj and they use the proceed of this Ankobora program to travel for her. But these are farmers that they paid back the loan and they have made money to travel to her, to take a wives, to also invest in other businesses. Do you get? Mm. So how are we supposed to say that, okay, those ones that have taken second wives are the ones that have not paid back. But some of them have paid back the loan and they're using the money to do other things. Uh, so, like I said, the plan is there, but those that are not willing to pay back, we don't know what is their reason. Like, permanent secretary of Ministry of Agriculture, Joe Aiki, that's what he told me, that they don't understand what or why are these farmers still, you know, trying to remain recalcitrant in paying back this loss. They have to just pay. So, we don't know what is their reason. Some have already paid some we don't know what is their reason. Others believe that this is their share of national key because mm -hmm. the loan is coming from government. The government. So this is their national key and they don't have to pay back. All right. So another issue you spotlighted is the fact that the the money is gotten from the government for this program, 
was used outside of farming. Whereas the Anchors Borrowers program is supposed to be for farming. So now, again, back to the government. Um, it just makes logical sense that if you are doing a particular project in a sector, you have to meet actors or stakeholders within the sector, associations into agriculture. So how is it that, uh, I don't know if such process was, by, was, um, was not considered, but how is it that the monies are not monitored enough to, you know, to, for, for um, I mean, um, using it, yes, yeah, meeting the target beneficiaries and doing the right thing with the money? So, um, this is the challenge. Um, what experts in the field are saying is that it's not even about involving farmers association because those guys are fully involved. And you should know that all the cases you are seeing in court is Rice Farmers Association of Nigeria, Rifa, are the ones that are taking these um, um, defaulters. It's the one, they are the ones taking them to court. So it's not even government. Because what government did is at different level, they have agents at federal level supervising the project, they have people at national level, and they have farmers. So farmers, they are the anchors, CBN who in a way pay to them, and then they are the ones that will go and get the supply machine, irrigation pump, fertilizers, and give it to beneficiaries. So government is not directly you know um, involved involved with farmers, mm. the used uncles and other people. So the association of farmers are fully involved. But you know, what experts are saying is that, look, this is, you involve politicians in this mm. process. So in as far as politicians are involved, there, mm. they know that they will have their ways to talk to mm. this farmers association that, look, my people are coming and then mm. these guys will have no, they, there's no way they will turn it down to say, no, we are not going to involve them. So, and at the beginning of the program, so many people were interested in farming. Mm. People who are, were not farmers, they pick up interest mm. in farming and um, retired civil servants, people in private sectors, everyone was literally going back to farm. So those guys, they can meet the requirement and get the loop, but they don't have experience in mm. farming. And at the end of the day, some of them made losses and they couldn't pay back. Okay, so on a final note, um, I mean, these are many other projects by governments. Um, we have seen it coming year in, year out, administration, and from one administration to the next. Now we have a new government. Would you advise the current government to actually adopt this particular project, reintroduce it again? If yes, tell me the reason why you support it, and if no, Tell me the reason why. Absolutely. I think the program, to a very large extent, it was successful. And uh, of course, the uh, what government would have loved is to make sure that all the farmers have paid back after collecting the loan, they pay back, and um, no one is defaulting so that the program can be you know, um, improved to um, to meet other target audience and then to make sure that it has achieved it or uh, its objectives. But I think the program, to a large extent, uh, is successful. If you read the report, there is a part of it where I mentioned uh, the gains that or uh, the success of that program uh, in Kirby State alone. It will interest you to know that at the 
from in the first year of the program, we produce 1.2 million metric tons of rice. By the second year, it has increased to 3.6 wow. million metric tons of rice. So it has increased, um, uh, it has boosted the uh, local rice production. production. And mm. if you check um, food agencies like um, the United Nations Food Agency and so many other agencies, you see that within that period, thanks to the Ankoburuas program, the production has increased and then there are so many other benefits of the program which are highlighted in the story. So I think it's a successful program. If they can address these challenges, they can reproduce it again. Okay, but in this in um in this case, um I mean issues around monitoring and all that, would you advise that how do you advise that they take it up? Yeah, so what they should do properly is what um, we we'll call um, pre risk assessment. Okay. So what that means is, you know, in any intervention like this, there has to be this need for assessment. Mm -hmm. And that is assessment means pre uh, risk assessment before commencing the project. Do this assessment to make sure that you identify the challenges and how are you going to address it. And then in the course of the program, you also do the monitoring and evaluation to see how is you going before the end of the program. If there's any challenge, it should be addressed on ground and then um, post-assessment as after the program. You should also do this assessment. So what this means is pre-assessment will give you an idea of whatever problem or whatever challenge government or the farmers or any other person involved is likely going to face in the program. You identify it and then you come up with the solutions. But that's not enough. When you start the program, you also have to devise this um, energy to make sure that you are still on course to reach um, your your goals of that program. That way, uh, I think the government can achieve what it wants with the program. Because if you check the CBN's website now to see what are the um, objectives of the Uncle Borua's program. Mm. You see that the government has, it, uh, it was hoping that the program would boost rice production, it will revive the agricultural sector, it will create employment, it will, it will do a lot of things. So mm. the government has objectives for that program. So it's something that's uh, very good. The implementation just needs to be addressed and then, uh, sorry, implementation method, how they are going to implement that program should be addressed and they are good to go. All right. So um, I hope this, I mean, any government official or particularly the new minister of agriculture should is listening to this and should tap into this if they decide to go into this um, intervention. Thank you so much, Gabriel, for joining us for the first time. And uh, we hope to see you again and again and again and again on this podcast. Thank you. This is where we wrap up today's episode. I hope you had a fantastic time with us. Do make sure you keep on a date with us on Premium Tidies Afra every Thursday at 11 on Premium Tidies podcast. Again, this show is brought to you by Premium Times, the leading multimedia news platform, which serves you every mini stories that can help you make informed decisions and hold public officials, individuals, and organizations accountable. We have cartoons, videos, podcasts, and other interesting content for your delight. And for timely updates on politics, entertainment, sports, and business, do 
do visit our website www.premiertimesng.com and follow us on all our social media platforms. I'll be here again, same time, same day, next week. And for myself, this is Lope Fadari and Kabri Yusuf, do have a great weekend. News beyond the surface. Investigations that uncover deep secrets. Analysis with thought-provoking perspectives. Reports that focus on human interest. Premium Times, a leading digital news platform, brings you these and more every hour through videos, written and podcast reports. Visit our website on www.premiumtimesng.com and follow us on all social media platforms for timely updates on politics, entertainment, sport and business. Don't miss out.